North Carolina so we could deal with my husband's wonderful family. And the police officer's unmoved, and he writes the ticket. She's gotten what she deserved, right? But, but let's say that we, we decided we wanted to take this ticket to court, and, and as she stands before the judge, she again admits her guilt, and he looks and says, you know what? I, I really shouldn't do this, but I, but I feel sorry for your situation. So I'm just going to, to throw this ticket out like it never happened. You're no longer guilty of this crime. That's a, that's a great picture of mercy. She, she deserves to be judged for breaking the law, but instead has been treated in a way that, that is inconsistent, really, with what her, her sins deserved. So as we think of mercy, especially as it relates to the book of Jonah, I want you to think of it in terms of, of God showing people kindness that they do not deserve. In fact, they deserve quite the opposite. And, and you're going to find, especially from chapter 1, that God shows this kindness not just to the people of Nineveh. So, so what are some things that we need to know about the book of Jonah as we get started? First of all, as I stated just a moment ago, mercy is the theme that I want us to focus on during this study. And this is how it's going to break down. This week we're going to do chapter 1. Next week will be chapter 2. The week after, our children are going out for Park Sunday, so I'm going to do a, a, a message unrelated to Jonah because I don't want them to miss it. And then the following two weeks, we will wrap up this short little book by focusing on chapter 3 and then chapter 4, respectively. Next thing, we need to know who Jonah is, right? Jonah is a prophet. If I were to ask you for a simple definition of prophet, you would say, well, prophets were, were people in the Old Testament who God gave a message to deliver to his people, and that would be a correct answer. Jonah is the only prophet in the Old Testament that is actually sent to a foreign country to prophesy against a people who were not the people of God. Now, you do find prophets in the Old Testament prophesying against foreign nations, but it is typically, or it is almost always in the context of it taking place in even either Israel or Judah. So Jonah's circumstances are unique. They, they didn't have all of the Old Testament as we have it, so if God had a message to give, he often raised up a prophet to speak on his behalf. Jonah was a prophet. We need to know a few things about Nineveh, right? Nineveh at that time, at the time uh, that Jonah was called to prophesy there, was probably the greatest city on earth. And God called Jonah not to, to go and proclaim a, a message of kindness, but, but, but a message of his coming judgment so that they would know their need to repent of their sins. And we also need to have an understanding as we begin this study on how in ancient times people in various cultures viewed their gods. 
When we talk about God here at New Hope Christian Fellowship, we, we are speaking of the God of the Bible in, in one of the, or, or all of the forms of the Trinity, and we speak of him in terms of being sovereign or ruling over all that he has made. That was not the view of gods in ancient times. Gods tended to be viewed as regional. Now, we know that they were all false gods. They were idols, but, but, but if you had a, a we're, we're going to speak of some of the gods of uh, of the Ninevites in just a few moments, but they were considered to have power only within the context of geographical realms. So, so the gods of the Assyrians, Nineveh was, a, was an Assyrian city, were, were viewed to be powerful within the context of Assyria's reign, the, the kingdom of Assyria. Does that make sense? And so as... God is introduced in the book of Jonah. This is revolutionary in, in terms of Jonah's audience coming to terms with the fact that the God that he served was greater. Okay, so, 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 so the Lord, Yahweh, as, as we see it here in the book of Jonah, is presented as he is, as sovereign over all. And, and this was outside of the framework of understanding that the uh, non-Jewish hearers of the message would believe at first or, or could comprehend at first. Okay, a little bit about the ancient times. This is actually a, a picture, and, and I apologize for the quality and the size. Things look huge on my computer, and then I make them into a slide, and this is why I don't do technology. But this shaded area here is actually a picture of the kingdom of Assyria when it was at the height of its power. So this is before the book of Jonah, but this area here, this would be Judah and Israel in this area, and you see that at the height of their reign, it actually went all the way down into Egypt pretty massive, right? At the time that Jonah was called to minister, this would be the size of Assyria. Make sense? It's important that we understand these things as we consider the book, all right? Nineveh. Nineveh, I mentioned that was a great city in Assyria, and this would be the location of it, which is interesting because we learn about Jonah in a boat, and Jonah in a fish, and Jonah getting vomited out on dry land. And all that takes place over here. Nineveh is roughly 600 miles from Egypt, or from Israel, sorry. So that's where it's all taking place. This morning we're going to consider from Jonah chapter 1 four ways that God's mercy is seen or, or four ways that, that, that God's mercy is received in Jonah chapter 1. First of all, we're going to consider quickly how God is showing mercy to Nineveh by sending Jonah in the first place to, to warn of his coming judgment. Secondly, we're going to see how God shows mercy to Jonah by not giving him what he deserves when he disobeyed. Third, we're going to see God's mercy shown to the sailors by not allowing them to, to die or to perish in the storm. And then finally, we're going to see God's mercy to Jonah once again by rescuing him from certain death when he was thrown into the water. So let's consider first how God shows mercy 
to Nineveh. Jonah chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. It begins, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. So, God tells Jonah that, 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 that the evil of Nineveh has, has really, in the Hebrew, it's a description of the, the, the stench of their sin has finally reached God's nostrils. And so he raises up Jonah to go and preach. So that, that raises the question, what, are the, what were the Ninevites or the Assyrians like? Well, first of all, it's important that we understand, and I apologize for the size, that, that they were a cruel people. Militarily, they were very powerful. God uses them many times to, to bring judgment upon his people. But they were known for being especially brutal. And I won't go into detail to, uh, of their brutality because of uh, the young people being with us this morning. But it was very graphic and, and, and really stomach-churning the things that they would do to their defeated enemies. And so they showed no mercy to those who they defeated in battle. They also worshipped many false gods. It wasn't just one or two. They had between 10 and 20 gods that they worshipped as a people. So they were idolaters. In fact, the kings who reigned throughout the history of Assyria viewed themselves as being gods as well. Can you imagine what an affront that is to the one true God? And finally, they hated God's people, the Israelites. And so when we get to, to Jonah's response to God's call on his life, we, we can understand why he might have been hesitant to go to Assyria. He knew that showing up there might end in his death. Here's a picture of, of, of one of the false gods, an image that was made of, of one of the, the key gods that we need to consider as we work through the book of Jonah. This is Dagon. He was considered the, the, the god over the sea, the god of fishes. And, and you can see that, that he was depicted as half fish and half man. This plays in as we consider the, the mode of arrival that God supplies for Jonah to Assyria. Now, what we need to realize, and I think it's clear as we consider the history of Nineveh, that the people of Nineveh deserved to be punished by God, right? They deserved it. They were murderers. They were brutal. They were idolaters. They were haters of the people of God. They deserved to be punished by God, but God chose to show them mercy. Another great picture of someone, God, offering something to a people who did not deserve it. Mercy. Second thing we want to consider is how God shows mercy to Jonah. Verse 3 it says, But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish away from the presence of the Lord. Again, we considered the map. 
Jonah would have been probably in Joppa. He's called to go 600 miles to Nineveh. He decides to hop a boat and go to Tarshish. Now, there are two ways that, 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 that people understand that phrase Tarshish. Tarshish was actually a city, that was a port city that was at the southern tip of Spain, which would have put it way over here somewhere. But also Tarshish is referred to as open water. Now, I, I think contextually that, that, that Jonah is referencing the city because that would have been a place that sailors would have gone, a, a port city taking their goods there. But you can see if southern Spain is way over here and Nineveh is way back there, Jonah's rebelling, right? He's, he, he's turned away from, from, from where God called him to go and, and literally gone in the other direction to escape God's call on his life. He, he was disobeying. And, and it's important that we keep in mind that God could have, he would have been well within his rights to punish Jonah for disobeying. God does not take lightly when his people turn away from him. Now, the Ninevites were not the people of God. They did not know the ways of God, but Jonah knew better, right? So he was deserving of punishment. God could have killed him. God could have at least called another prophet to go to Nineveh who, who would have obeyed. But rather than either of those options, God showed mercy to Jonah, even though he did not deserve it. Now we come to the, the, the largest section of our passage this morning. God shows mercy to the sailors. Verses 4 through 16. Verse 4, it says, But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, and each cried out to his God, and they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship and had lain down and was fast asleep. So the captain came and said to him, What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise, call out to your God. Perhaps the God will give a thought to us that we may not perish. And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots that we may know on whose account this evil has come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, Tell us on whose account this evil has come upon us. What is your occupation, and where do you come from? What is your country, and of what people are you? And he said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, What is this that you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Then they said to him, What shall we do to you that the sea may quiet down for us? For the sea grew more and more tempestuous. He said to them, Pick me up and hurl me into the sea. Then the sea will quiet down for you. For I know it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to get back to dry land, but they could not. For the sea grew more and more tempestuous against them. 
Therefore they called out to the Lord, O Lord, let us not perish for this man's life and lay not on us innocent blood, for you, O Lord, has done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. It's one of the most incredible stories, I think, in the Old Testament. And some things we need to keep in mind. Number one, the, the storm, it says clearly, was something that was controlled by God. God was at work trying to get his prophet's attention in order to bestow his mercy upon him. The storm was not a, a minor one. It was so powerful that it caused experienced sailors to fear for their lives. It's clear from the passage that the sailors did not know the one true God, but were worshipers of false gods. We see that as, as it's laid out that each was calling out to their own God. And through it all, while the storm raged, Jonah was asleep. Let that sink in for a moment, because... To me, that is one of the most clear indicators of the hardness of Jonah's heart. Jonah's heart was hardened because of his sin. He was able to sleep while others were in fear of their lives. Jonah was lacked compassion while those around him were fearing to perish. He slept while others were in danger. And really it was not until his sin was exposed that, that, that he was even willing to, to admit the truth. We saw that in verses 7 and 8. And the sad thing about this passage is that even as his sin was being exposed, Jonah chose death over repentance. Make, make no mistake, that, 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 that request to be thrown into the sea well, was a request for, for, for Jonah to, to have his own life come to an end. He could have simply said, you know what? Turn around, take me back. Take me back. If you, if you turn the boat around, the, the, the storm is going to cease. Because even as, as, as the, the sailors rode against it, what happened? The, the, the storm got worse. But Jonah would rather die than obey God. Brothers and sisters, there is no clearer illustration and warning in the Bible against the dangers of our harden our, hardening our hearts against the Word of God. We can do this as well as believers. We can willfully and knowingly rebel against and reject the word of God. And yes, even have our hearts become so hardened that, that we would choose something as, as extreme as death over repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus. It's a very frightening reminder of the seriousness of this passage. Yet even in that condition, God was going to show him mercy. But first, let's consider how God showed mercy to the sailors. Now through it all, 
Not a single sailor was lost. Remember, they were hurling everything that they had over the boat, uh, out of the boat, the cargo, in order to lighten the ship with the hopes that they would be able to, to sail through or sail past this violent storm. But even as they lost what they were carrying, not one sailor was allowed to die. But God's mercy was revealed in an even greater way. Because through that storm, through, through the loss of all those things and, and, and through what they encountered, God chose to reveal himself as the only true God which led to their worship of him once the storm had passed. This is mercy. This is mercy. The, 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 the sailors, remember, they were idolaters as well. God would have been just to allow the whole boat to sink and everyone on it perish because of Jonah. Yet in his mercy, he revealed himself to those who did not know him in a way that transformed their lives. Finally, God shows mercy to Jonah through the fish. Verse 17. And, and the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. That is a whale shark. That is a fish. That is a fish that even today is big enough to swallow a human whole without taking one bite. People have often brought into question, well, well, was it a whale or was it a fish? Well, I say fish because there's a totally different word in Hebrew for whale. But the point is the same. This was a, a fish that was supernaturally set apart to do a work for the Lord. So it may not have been a, a whale shark. It could have been a guppy that, that God made humongous for the sole purpose of showing Jonah mercy. But it's a miracle nonetheless. Can, can God use a fish to show mercy? Absolutely. A lot of times I, I've heard pastors, and I think even when I preached through this before, I, I talked about the fish as if it was God's judgment upon Jonah, but that's not true at all. God's judgment would have been, allowed to, would, would have been to allow him to drown. This, this fish was his savior, if you will. Jonah wanted to die. He deserved to die, but, but God did not allow him to die. He showed mercy. And, and next week we're going to see the results, or at least the beginning results, of God's mercy in Jonah's heart and mind as we consider his repentance. But as I close this morning, I, I want to close by focusing on God's mercy towards us. Make no mistake, brothers and sisters, if you are a Christian before you came to Christ, you were no different than the people of Nineveh. Your, 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 your sins may not have been as graphic publicly, but the ugliness of sin in your heart made you just as guilty 
as the Ninevites. Make no mistake, Christian, that you have it within you <laughs> to be just as hard-hearted and rebellious as Jonah or as clueless non-Christians as the sailors. But God showed his love through Christ Jesus our Lord. God showed us mercy through Christ Jesus our Lord. I want us to consider this verse from Colossians. Colossians chapter 2 verses 13 and 14. Paul writes, You were dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God, through faith, made you alive with Christ, for he gave all, forgave all of our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and, and took it away by nailing it to the cross. It's a, a powerful picture of how Jesus removes our legal guilt before God. Remember the, 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 the fictional story I began with about my speeding wife. If you want to apply this to the gospel, you can, you can apply this to your life as well. You, you, you can imagine God watching your life and, and, and with every sin and, and every time you fell short of uh, doing what was required of you, every evil thought, every sinful deed, every careless word, God is there making note, not one escaping His notice. That, that thought or that lust that you think you've been able to, 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 to hide from all who know you, that bitterness that you may feel, none of which escapes God's sight. Uh, imagine it as him writing those tickets out. Guilty, 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 yet in Christ... All who place their faith in them, it, it, it's like God's taken that, that mountain of, of charges against us for the, 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 the myriad of ways that we have sinned against Him. And as Christ hung there on the cross, bearing the wrath of God, each and every one was paid by Him. And not just the ones in the past, but every sin that we would ever commit the guilt and penalty paid by Christ. Do not deceive yourself into thinking that that is something that you deserve. It is mercy. Do not deceive yourself into thinking that's something you can earn. It is mercy. And it flows from the very heart and the character of God. Jesus paid it all. God's mercy. We see it in Jonah chapter 1. God's mercy. We should see it over every aspect of our lives. Because if we were treated as our sins deserved, none of us would have ever had the chance to hear the gospel, much less to believe the gospel. God's mercy. God's mercy. Stronger than darkness. New every morning. Our sins 
though were many, his mercy is more. Brothers and sisters, if, if, if that does not lead us to a greater sense of gratitude, a, a greater desire to, 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 to want to worship him and to honor him with our lives, then, then do we really get it? We aren't offended enough by the type of people the Ninevites were. We aren't offended enough by the type of people that the sailors were. We aren't offended enough by Jonah's rebellion against God. And we are not offended enough by how lightly we take the word of God and the presence of sin in our lives. Should, should drive us to our knees, brothers and sisters. The only thing that could save us the only thing that could save us was the death of Christ our Lord. No other sacrifice would do. The one who had never sinned, the one who always ever deserved was our worship and devotion, is the one who bore God's wrath for us. Praise the Lord. His mercy is more. Let us pray. Father, I ask for your help. Lord, as we reflect on the, 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 the greatness of your loving kindness and, and the patience and, and the grace that you've shown us in the gospel. Lord, I, I pray that you would grow us in our, in our worship for you and in our devotion to you, O oh Lord. Help us, Lord, to be as offended as we ought to be by the presence of sin in our lives. Lord, that we would be quick to, to turn from it and, and, and run to the cross. Lord, that we would daily pray for your help in, in resisting the, the, the sin that so easily entangles us, Lord. That we would be faithful, Lord, to, to, to pray for one another in our struggles in the flesh. Lord, that we would look at books like Jonah and just be in awe of of the mercy that you show mankind those who do not deserve it yet there you are time and again giving us what we do not deserve and, and saving us from what we do deserve Grow us and, and change us and be glorified among us, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.
chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as strangers and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. We are dismissed. <laughs>